0: entrepreneur on fire bonus income report October
1: 2014 is living a few years of your life like most people won't so you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't
0: what are you waiting for tickets to a rocket ship well here you go and hang on tight as John Lee Dumas is about to take you on a wild ride ignite Fire Nation. I've launched another daily show. I know, but I love podcasting. It's called Quotes on Fire, and it's a -a seven-day-a-week podcast where I share a quote from history's greatest entrepreneurs in a killer resource. Check it out in iTunes or at qofire.com. What is shaking fire nation? John Lee Doom is here and I'm joined by a couple friends of mine, Mr. CPA on fire himself, Josh Bowerly and Miss Kate Erickson. How are you guys doing today? Hey yo, doing awesome.
2: What's up, Fire Nation? Yes.
0: So Fire Nation, as you know, it's that time of the month where we publish our income reports. And uh, we spend a lot of time doing these things. We have a lot of great successes, a lot of great failures to share with you. So before we get into all of those, let's just talk about the specifics. Gross income for October was $253,053. Our total expenses... $70,133. We'll talk about that. Total net profit for October, $182,919. So the difference between October and September was a positive. $5,955. So a pretty great month for a lot of reasons. We're going to share with you why it was such a great month, why our expenses were so high and oh, so much more. But I want to kind of share with you real quick why we publish this income report. You know, there's a lot of lack of transparency out there in the online world and there is some transparency and we want to be that beacon of transparency specifically for podcasters shining the light about what works in the online world in regards to podcasting and what doesn't work in the online world in regards to podcasting and so much more. So we have a lot of value packed in here today. And what I kind of want to start off with, you know, where I want to go is what happened in October that was a first for me. And that was going up to San Francisco to be a part of Creative Live. Now, for those of you that know Creative Live, you know how amazing that company is, the value that they provide. For those of you that don't, a real quick rundown. They just do streaming live videos every single day on a variety of topics. I mean, they have photography, gardening, um, feng shui, yoga and obviously when I was up there podcasting. So I was able to spend an amazing day up there. Um, they asked me to bring a couple friends of mine in the podcasting world who are also knocking it out of the park. So I brought my buddy Greg Hickman of Mobile Mix to talk about podcasting in the mobile world. Michael O'Neill, the host of Solopreneur Hour to talk about life after eight weeks in podcasting and of course podcast branding. And then Nick Unsworth, host of Life on Fire to talk about video podcasting and the power of virtual summits. And this was at the beginning of October. So I'll tell you, I was kind of at my wits' end travel-wise in a lot of ways. Cause if you guys listen to the last income report for September, you know, I spent two weeks in Maine in September. I spent five days in New York at Camp GLP, Good Life Project, Jonathan Fields Great Events. And then right on the heels of getting home, you know, I take off for this incredible event, um, but really taxing event creative live because our presentations were 90 minutes each but they were a blast it was amazing to see a company that just has its stuff together you know they love what they do they're amazing at what they do and you know people talk about the processes we have here at entrepreneur on fire well, <laughs> the processes that Creative Live has makes us look like kindergartners compared to their PhD program. But uh, overall, it was an unbelievable experience. We write about it more in depth at eofire.com slash income14, which is where you can find all the stuff that we're chatting about here today. But what I want to kind of move into and bring Kate in on is Paradise in the one year anniversary of Podcasters Paradise, which we couldn't be more excited about. October 31st was the day Halloween that Podcasters Paradise turned one year old. And we have over 1,500 podcasters to date in Podcasters Paradise. And we have a lot of exciting things going on right now, but boy, do we have a lot of exciting things coming up in the future. And Kate, we've done some really cool things recently with Podcasters Paradise. So why don't you jump on, share with our listeners right now some pretty cool things that we've recently done to take Podcasters Paradise to the next level.
1: Definitely. I am so excited about our one-year anniversary with Paradise because it's so crazy to me to think that it was a year ago that we were launching this. And I so clearly remember us sitting in our old place, John. I know I was freaking out about launching. I remember (laughs) that webinar that we did. And I mean, that was before we even knew if this was going to be anything. And to think of what it's become over the past year is just so incredible. Um, But so yeah, I'm really excited about this stuff that we're doing right now. I mean, we're really laser focused on making paradise the best that it can be. And that involves continuous improvement. You know, we talk about that a lot here in the income reports and also on the podcast. And what we're doing right now is number one, we're starting uh, a new wave of wowing our members from day one. We're constantly enhancing the user experience. So the way people interact with the membership site and what happens when they get into the Facebook group. Um, We're continuing to provide up-to-date video tutorials on the latest and greatest tactics to create, grow, and monetize your podcast, which we've been doing since day one. And we're continuing to create more great community perks like... We have the Pay It Forward Friday. We're starting to do accountability in paradise where we're actually matching people up with accountability partners. And then we're working on building an entire area of the membership site that's gonna be dedicated to being able to request guests for your podcast. That's something our members have been asking for. And just like all these other community perks, I mean, these are all things that we've been hearing from our members. And so we've decided to start implementing them and they've just been working out really, really, really great. Um, but what I love about all this stuff that we're doing, John, and I'd love for you to, you know, put your two cents into this as well, is that we have so many opportunities to create other communities and other products and services. And I get people asking me a lot, you know, you guys should create, you know, something about master how to build your own mastermind, and you guys should create something that does this and that and that. And yes, we do have a lot of amazing opportunities to. create create other products and services, but it is so important for us to continue laser focusing on the things that are working for us right now. And I think it's safe to say that podcasters paradise is definitely one of those things.
0: What does it take fire nation to become great in your field? Like what does it take to be the flagship in your field? I mean, that's what you should be striving for and what you're doing. You know, that's what we're striving to do with podcasters paradise and Kate knocked it out of the park there. You know, if we, tried to do duo on fire or, you know, couples on fire and masterminds on fire and like all these different opportunities that yes, are right there in front of us. You know, we would be taking our eyes off the ball, which is podcaster's paradise, which. We are unbelievably blessed to know that we are building the number one and most powerful podcasting community in the world. And, you know, on that note, I want to kind of expound upon a couple of things that Kay said that we're adding to it because, you know, one of our major questions to, uh, that we were asking ourselves in the last month was, how long is it taking our Paradise members when they join to get to WOW? Now, I want you to think about that, Fire Nation. What does that exactly mean? How long is it taking our members to get to wow? Well, upon identifying it, we were realizing that it was taking our members as long as it took our members to get to wow, meaning it was up to them to get to wow. Wow was existing everywhere in Podcasters Paradise, but they had to go out and get it. They had to log into the website and look at the video tutorials and the webinars in the accountability tab. They had to introduce themselves in the Facebook group and see the amazing community and family there. They had to get to wow. And that's not the way to operate a community. That's not the way to operate a product or a service. So we said, how can we take wow and put it into our hands and make sure that our members of Podcasters Paradise get wow, not just right away, but right away and often. So a couple things that we've done that's really really just exciting and we're getting already incredible feedback. If you join Podcasters Paradise today, you are going to get a personalized video from me welcoming you. Not some chop, chopped up video that I just like, I'm zipping your name. And No, this is a video that I'm recording for you within Podcasters Paradise personalized. That's from me to you, that's wow number one, and that's right away. Number two, you're going to get a welcome email that gives you the opportunity to set up a one to two minute chat with me. You know, not some 10 or 20 minute call. I can't do that with every member, of course, but I want to say hi to everybody that wants to say hi to me. And so we have this system and I had 42 amazing calls this past Saturday with Podcast Paradise members just saying, hi, I want to welcome you and I want to ask you, you know, what you're looking forward to most. It's a quick conversation. It's powerful, but that's a second wow. A third wow in a couple days from joining, they're going to get a postcard in the mail from us with two brownies that are just saying, Hey, we are so honored that you joined Paradise. Have a couple brownies on us. You know, hope you can still fit into your bathing suit afterwards because Paradise is a fun place to be. You know, these are just a few wows that we are now delivering right at the onset to make sure that Paradise members know that they're incredibly valuable investments. You know, that, thousand dollars plus that they've invested in podcasters paradise you know that time energy effort and commitment that they're investing in paradise is being well worth it so this is just a great takeaway you know for anybody that's listening right now and it took us a year to get there But I would love if it didn't take you that long to get there. Think about how long is it taking your customers, your clients, your fans to get to wow. And then how can you take that process, cut it way back and take control of that process and add your own wow. And Kate, you know, this just kind of goes back to a lot of things that, you know, we've done wrong in the past that we love sharing. You know, this is something that is way overdue. You know, it's just something that we have so many things going on. If we didn't continue to focus on Podcasts Paradise, this never would have happened. And we would have continued to suffer because of it. But, you know, we... Haven't always hit things out of the park right away. You know, Podcasters Paradise was a great success, and it's taken us a long time to get to a point now where we love every part of the process. But I mean, we have a couple programs and and, ser- and services that we've launched even before Podcasters Paradise that was not a success that in fact would be considered a flop in every sense in the world. And I'm looking at two right now on our income report. So take a second, Kate. What are your memories of those two flops that we've had? And, uh, you know, how do we avoid making those flops catastrophic?
1: Well, first of all, I want to really focus in on a word that you've been using a couple of times, John, when you're explaining, you know, kind of what we're doing right now with Podcasters Paradise, and that's process. Because a lot of the times we talk about, you know, minimum viable product Putting something out into the marketplace, getting proof of concept by getting people to take out their wallets and pay for it. But that's only the beginning. When you get people to pr- prove your concept for you by paying for it, that's when everything starts. That's when you get to start building something that is catered to the people, to your avatar. And so I really want to focus in first on that word process because this is not a single event where you launch a community and then you just sit back and, you know, kick back and relax. Um, there's a lot of work to be done after that point. And so, as John mentioned, this has been a year in the making. I mean, it's taken us a year to get to the point where we have things settled to the point where we feel like we can start really focusing in on other stuff like that. And, you know, John mentioned a couple of products and services that we created before that didn't work out so well. But the importance of those products and services that we created that failed is that they are what taught us what people did not want. And in finding out what people did not want, we were able to create Podcasters Paradise. So that first service that John had created, Pod Platform, I remember him telling me about it. I thought it was a great idea. And the whole thing was that people would be able to send their finalized MP3 files to him and he would take care of the rest. I thought it was a great idea because I thought there must be so many people out there that want to create a podcast. They don't want to do all that back-end work. They don't want to have to upload it and tag it and send it to iTunes and all this other stuff. But there's the, it seemed so bulky, right, John? I mean, it's yeah. really not that scalable, not scalable of an idea, right? Um, and so we, we found that out pretty quickly, I would say. John, you did take on a couple of clients and you did do this for a couple of people, but it was nowhere near gaining the type of traction that you had hoped. Is that right? Yeah.
0: And that's actually a quick point to interject here is that's why sometimes betas a great round to do. You just take in a few clients. You, know, you don't just open the floodgates in case those floodgates actually do come to fruition and all of a sudden you've bitten off more than you can chew. So I just did a beta test with a few clients. And because of that, I found out, wow, this is not scalable.
1: And not only was it not scalable, but those people who were coming to you, they were coming to you with their MP3s and they were saying, this is awesome. Thank you for uploading these and and doing this stuff for me. But what else were they saying to you? They were saying, John, here's my MP3, but I wish I knew, you know, all this, all the editing techniques that I could have done to this MP3 before I sent it to you and I wish I knew more of a launch strategy to really help my podcast grow and I wish I knew some more information that could kind of set me up for when I might be able to monetize my podcast. So you were able to put out Pod Platform, get a few clients, quickly realize that it wasn't going to be a great service for you to offer but in offer that service, you were able to get people's pain points, you were able to hear the types of questions and the the things that people were struggling with. And that was one step closer to paradise right there. But the next thing that you came up with was six figure podcasting. And that was a video based course that you wanted to create that would teach people how to monetize their podcast. And I don't think that you had nearly created any of the videos, right? This was just a whole idea that you kind of had a wireframe for.
0: Exactly. This is finally when I got to the realization and, you know, we now practice what we preach, but, you know, Fire Nation, it took us a while to get there is that, you know, I knew that I needed to have people commit to this product before I would sit down and actually create it. And the reality was I created that wireframe, the outline of what it would be, and then we put it out there to our audience and a lot of people were like, wow, this looks like a great product, but I'm a long ways away from even thinking about monetizing my podcast, you know, let alone making 6 Figures in my podcast. This will be for me six months, a year down the road. And that was what everybody was thinking. And the feedback was John, I'm more concerned about creating, launching, and actually growing my podcast audience now. And of course, you know, I would like this to be part of that because I want to know that when I get to that growth and I have that audience, that I can start making six figures plus in podcasting. But, you know, I'm just so far away from there. And that feedback, Kate, was incredible. And as you put it so eloquently, took us one step closer to paradise.
1: Right. And that's so powerful. See, it doesn't just because you put something out there and it fails or just because you present an idea to your audience and it doesn't stick. What can you learn from putting that out there? What is your audience saying to you in response to what you're showing them? It's not just oh, my audience doesn't want this, bummer, I just failed. It's okay, great, my audience doesn't want this, but what are they telling me that they do want? What, what is their response to what I'm offering them? And why isn't it what they want? And in finding out what they don't want, you're gonna find out what they do want. So I, I love this lesson that we've learned with Paradise because it's been such a long journey and you know, we've learned so much along the way and I'm just really excited about where we're at right now.
0: Boom goes the dynamite, Fire Nation, and you heard it here first. I mean, you know, we went through flop after flop until we finally hit something out of the park with the concept, with the idea, where we pre-sold it, into a month and a half later actually opening the doors. Now, here we are a year later after opening the doors, still realizing that there's a lot (laughs) that we're lacking. You know, this wow experience is just the latest, and I hope that you're taking a lot away from, you know, what it means to get to wow and to get your clients to wow, because... We are just seeing this really pay massive dividends in so many different ways. So we have a lot more that we're going to be sharing with you today in this income report. But we're going to shift gears again. This time, I'm going to bring on the legend, Mr. CPAonfire.com himself, Josh Bowerly. Because Josh has been sharing over the last couple of months the five best ways for entrepreneurs to save money on their taxes. And I think that this is his fourth way over the last four months. So I mean, I think we're at four and five right now, Josh. Correct me if I'm wrong, but take it away, my friend. Share with me in Fire Nation what we're gonna talk about today when it comes to tax tips.
2: Yeah, you're right. This is uh, tip number four or five. We're, we're nearing the end here. Um, this month, we have a big one. This is a big issue for entrepreneurs. And it's the difference between hiring an independent contractor and hiring an employee. So every successful get- business gets to the point where they need to bring someone in, right? They can no longer continue making money if it's just themselves. So the question becomes, do I bring in an independent contractor or do I bring in an actual employee? And there's a huge difference when it comes to taxes. As an independent contractor, you are not responsible for paying any of their taxes. You're not responsible for paying any kind of unemployment insurance. Basically, your expenses boil down to just what you pay them. Now, if you're bringing an actual employee, you have to pay half of their Medicare and Social Security taxes, which is about 7.6% of their pay, depending what their pay is, plus probably some, some uh, unemployment insurance and various other insurances you have to do. Now, this is just from a tax perspective, so I don't want anyone to get the impression that it's never good to hire employees and you should always look at independent contractors. The big issue here is knowing the difference and knowing which one you're hiring, okay? And that question comes down to control. So, are you telling your person that you're hiring? Are you saying, this is when you have to work, this is what you have to do, this is where you have to work? If you are, you have an employee and you have to treat them like an employee and pay those taxes, Or on the other hand, are you just saying, here's what I need you to do. You can do it when you can do it. You can do it where you want to do it. You can use your own equipment. If that's the case, you have an independent contractor and you don't have to pay those taxes. All right. So this is a huge issue. And it's one, if you get wrong, it can cost you thousands of dollars. If you have an employee on your hands and you call them an independent contractor and the IRS gets a a hint of that, they're going to hit you with all the back taxes you would have owed plus um, fines, penalties, interest, all that good stuff with it. So you've got to know the difference here. And one one other big thing here, if you do have an independent contractor, a big thing is communication up front. So they need to know that they're an independent contractor. They need to know what that means for them. They need to know that they're responsible for their own taxes. It may even be a good idea to get them to sign a contract up front stating that they realize they're an independent contractor. So it all comes down to communication, comes down to knowing which one you have, And you know that that's how you get the tax savings. You got to be knowledgeable in it.
0: So, Josh, there's something that just came to my mind right now. That if it's not on your site, um, it will be by the time this goes live because it just basically it should be. But you know, I think that Fire Nation should be able to go to your site, CPAonfire.com, and go to your resources tab and find sample templates of what that contract could look like. You know, so they can maybe have a boilerplate form of that. Can we make that happen?
2: We can make that happen.
0: Boom, there we go. So, so Josh, you know, you went through this and like, you know, all this different things about independent contractor and employee and you know, let's kind of talk about how to actually decide how do you make that decision?
2: It's what's best for your business. There's some businesses where you're going to need someone in there you know, that you have control over their hours, where they're working. It's not going to be possible to have an independent contractor. On the other hand, a, a big thing now, I know that you use these a lot, virtual assistants. Those are independent contractors, right? You're not telling them, hey, you need to work from 9 to 5, and this is where you're going to be working, and this is what I need you to do during those hours, right? Right. Exactly. So that, that works for your business. On the other hand, if, uh, if, you, are, if you have a restaurant... You want to hire waiters. You can't really hire an independent contractor as a waiter. So it all boils down to your business, what works best for you, and just not trying to get around the system and calling an employee an independent contractor.
0: So Josh, Fire Nation, what if they want to chat with you? What's the best way?
2: Website, cpaonfire.com, or hit me up at email, josh at cpaonfire.com.
0: Too easy. And we're going to move into the tax tips. And Fire Nation, this is something pretty cool that we're doing um, every single month now, and you can do it throughout the course of the month, whenever you have a question about taxes, just use a little tweet with the hashtag, hashtag tax tips. And of course, we'd love if you tagged at CPA on fire and at Kate L. Erickson so that uh, you know our team can keep track of all this. So you might be featured in the next income report with your tax tip question answered. And uh, Kate, we have a couple today. So why don't you feed those to Josh?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I'm super excited about this. I want to thank both the people that sent in their questions because I think this is a great way to let the community get uh, their piece in as well. So first up is from Rideshare Guy and Rideshare Guy says, thoughts on setting up an LLC for a blog or podcast? Is it worth it? And what would it protect you from?
2: Yeah, so this is a great question. Um, First, I'd say it's never a bad thing to be in an LLC. It, it lets you be flexible. If you want to get into an S corporation later, a C corporation later, it's very flexible to allow you to do that. Um, as far as what it protects, it basically just separates you from your business, right? So if the business gets sued, they generally can't come after you personally. One other note here, though, is it depends on your state. If you're in the state of California, um, you're going to have some issues with setting up an LLC. There's there's some pretty big fees for that. So if you're just getting started and you're in California, I wouldn't set up an LLC right away. I'd wait till you're actually profitable. Any other state, if you know that you're in business, you know that you, you plan to make money with this business, I'd just set up an LLC from day one.
1: Awesome. All right. So the other question that we got is from at blog FM. And they said, why do I need a business bank account for my LLC when I'm just going to transfer the funds into my personal account from there?
2: Yep. Another great question. And this one has a very simple answer. It is to separate your business expenses from your personal expenses. Uh, It doesn't matter if you're taking all of your profits and immediately transferring it over to your personal account. You're still separating your personal and your business accounts. So one, if you want to be protected from an LLC, or with an LLC, the requirement is that it has to be separated from your personal finances. And two, if you were ever get audited down the road and the IRS were to question some of these things, you want your income and expenses to be separated from your personal income and expenses. So that's what this allows you to do, even if you are going to immediately transfer that those funds right to your personal account.
1: Awesome. I love that because that's something that you know I've found for myself and John, being able to separate those expenses is huge, especially when it comes to the income report. So just keeping that stuff separate. I mean, if you're going to the grocery store and to buy groceries, of course, you don't want that just all mixed in with your business expenses. So thanks for that, Josh. Love the questions, guys. Keep them coming. Again, like John said, tweet to at CPA on fire and myself at Kate L. Erickson hashtag tax tips.
0: Boom And Josh, thank you for that. And fire nation. Don't hesitate. If you have any tax questions, Josh, you know, this is what he does. I mean, he loves it. He eats, lives and breathes this stuff. Josh at CPA on fire.com. Obviously mention fire nation. Um, He has uh, a warm spot in his heart for all of you and we'll make sure that uh, you benefit from that. So, What I want to talk about now, Fire Nation, is our October 2014 Income Breakdown. Everything can be seen in its entirety, down to the penny at eofire.com slash income14. But I'm going to just kind of brush over some of the high points. And the high points, again, as always, is, of course, Podcasters Paradise, our flagship community, brought in $147,818 for the month of October alone We do almost 91% of those sales on a live webinar. This live podcast workshop, chock full of just great content. So go to podcastersparadise.com to claim your spot at the next free podcast workshop. If you haven't done so already, it's chock full of info. Speaking of chock full of info, Webinar on Fire, our second flagship product, brought in just under $11,000 in the month of October alone. This is where we teach people how to create and present a webinar that converts. And twice a month, we're doing a free webinar workshop on webinars with a ton of value. You can check that out at webinaronfire.com. Claim your spots. Um, our sponsorship income, again, a massive month, $59,587 in sponsorship income alone. Fire Nation Elite, the mastermind, brought in $10,559. You can find out more information about our mastermind at firenationelite.com. Um, our affiliate income generated over $18,000 for the month of October. Bluehost pulling in first place at $4,200. Um, our man Tim Page, who does great voiceovers, generated $150 in uh, commissions for us. Uh, lead pages was $1,757. Um, our, Libsyn account where you can use a promo code fire for the rest of this month and all next month free was $465. And uh, we actually did a great joint venture with Ramit Sethi a couple months back and uh, just got paid on that $4,944. So joint ventures can be really powerful with the right person. And that's why Fire Nation is so important to build an audience. Now, our expenses, again, uh, topped $70,000. Yikes. Uh, some of the big ones, obviously, are... Uh, our expenses for our different communities, we really chalked up a lot there. Our affiliate commissions were just under $4,000. Um, the broker fee that we paid in the mid-roll was just under $10,000. Our virtual assistants and fees, etc., was just about $2,500. Travel, over almost $2,000. So you can see these things add up quick, Fire Nation, when you are running a business like we are that generates a lot of revenue. Sometimes it takes a lot of revenue to keep that engine going, but the total net profit is still a big smiley face with $182,919 going into our pockets after all of our expenses. So long live the life of an online entrepreneur with these killer profit margins fire nation it is just waiting for you to get out there and grab it so check that out and kate we're going to move into the lesson learned in october we'd like to end with a lesson learned and a real great takeaway i love the quote that you chose today so why don't you jump in here share that quote and expound a little bit
1: For sure. So the lesson learned in October is that being a successful entrepreneur requires that you make a lot of sacrifices. So I think that this is summed up beautifully by one of Warren G. Tracy's students. And he said, entrepreneurship is living a few years of your life like most people won't. So you can spend the rest of your life like most people can't. And I love this quote for several reasons. And this is a huge lesson learned for the month of October because I think it's really easy to kind of glance through the lens of a successful entrepreneur and you see all these incredible things going on, the income that they're bringing in, the wonderful trips that they get to go on, the, you know, lifestyle that they have created for themselves. And, you know, a big part of being an entrepreneur is, of course, having the freedom to choose whatever that lifestyle looks like for you, whatever, you know, that business looks like for you. You get to work on the things that matter to you. And the time that you put in each and every day, that's time that's invested in meaningful projects that have meaningful outcomes. So yes, being an entrepreneur is incredible if you have these meaningful projects and a meaningful outcome as a result. But none of it comes without sacrifice. And I think a lot of people like to look at the meaningful projects and the meaningful outcomes and the lifestyle and they say, oh, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur too. But what they don't realize is all the sacrifices that are required in order to make that all that happen. And so whether that's not taking the vacation that you've been And planning for an entire year, whether that's not sleeping in on Saturday mornings anymore, um, whether, you know, you're saving every single penny that comes in so that you can start investing and building the business that you want instead of, you know, going on shopping trips or eating meals out. You know, the sacrifices that we make in order to become successful entrepreneurs are real sacrifices. And yes, sometimes it's really hard to make those sacrifices, but, you know, without them, I just don't believe that you're ever going to become a successful entrepreneur. I think that sacrifices are required when you're building a business. And I think that that's a really powerful takeaway and lesson for everyone to hear is that, you know, you look at our income report, John, both of us have over 240 hours recorded for the month of October. And, you know, we put in a lot of time and make a lot of sacrifices to be able to create this business and to be able to you know, work on the things that we want to work on, which, you know, we don't really consider work, but that's how we're building the lifestyle that we want. That's how we're building a future that we want is by putting in the time and making those sacrifices today.
0: Well, Fire Nation, I don't think that I can add any value to that literal firebomb that Kate just dropped right there, full of value. So we're going to end it on that note. And just once again, thank you, Josh. Thank you, Kate. And thank you, Fire Nation, for listening to our words. I hope you got some value. If you did, head over to eofire.com slash income14. Check out the much more in-depth article that Kate wrote than we were even able to chat about today. We'd love to hear your comments. You know, we'd love to hear what people's biggest takeaway was from this month's income report. We might even give you a shout out in next next month's income report if uh, it's a doozy, like we expect it will be. So, Kate, Josh, give a big farewell to Fire Nation, and guys, I'll catch you on the flip side.
1: Bye, Fire Nation.
2: See you next month.
0: Fire Nation. Learn how to create a podcast in three minutes, as well as two super hacks every podcaster needs to know on the free podcast workshop Kate and I host every week. Text PARADISE to 38470 to claim your spot today. Fire Nation. I've launched another daily show. I know, but I love podcasting. It's called Quotes on Fire, and it's a -a seven-day-a-week podcast where I share a quote from history's greatest entrepreneurs in a killer resource. Check it out in iTunes or at qofire.com.